0: Listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conklin. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Welcome to this episode of the Go and Tell Gals podcast. I am Jess Connolly, the host, and I am super grateful you're here. We are kicking off something brand new, something I have been excited to share with you guys for months, and here's what it is. My new book comes out in September, September 24th to be exact. It is called You Are the Girl for the Job, Daring to Believe the God Who Calls You. I wrote You Are the Girl for the Job by adapting six particular steps that I have used to coach women for months and years in the endeavors God has given them. So I've coached women who run or want to start small businesses. I've coached women who want to write or publish books. I've coached women who want to start or are currently in ministry. I've coached moms. I've coached. All kinds of women. I've coached artists and hairstylists and small business owners and pastors and pastors' wives, and it has been my joy to do that. And what we did when I wrote You Are the Girl for the Job is we took those six steps that I've used and we adapted them into a longer form, obviously, a book. And we filled them with biblical examples and stories and personal stories. And we made those six steps applicable to all women, all women who want to use what they've got for the good of others and the glory of God. So it's no longer just applicable for women who need coaching in mission or in business, but really just for women who are living their everyday lives. So what we want to do from now until just a little bit after the book launches is essentially go backwards and break the book down back into six steps and share a little of that coaching via the podcast. So for the next few months, every month, I'll be sharing one of the steps. Obviously, I wish I could share all of it, but since we're doing it in podcast form, it'll just be a short snippet of what you'll find in the book. But the good news is, if you want to know more, you can easily pre-order the book. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. And then when we're about halfway through, the book will come out, and so you can listen to the coaching and also have the book. And I'm just excited to share this information with you guys. These six steps have really helped transform my life. They're not the only six steps ever to be used, to use what you've got for the good of others and the glory of God. They're just six steps that have really helped me. And as I wrote the book, I saw so many connections in scripture of how God has used these similar (laughs) tactics in the life of other people, people that we read about in the Bible every day. And so I'm just really excited to share with you guys in podcast form, the first step that you'll find in You Are the Girl for the Job. This first step might just surprise you. start by reading a passage from Hebrews 12, and we will probably come back to this passage a few times throughout the podcast. This is Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2, the Passion Translation. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. The very first step, I believe, that serves so many of us is to quit. What? (laughs) What did she just say? The first step is to quit. Let me unpack it. When women come to me for coaching, They are often coming with a goal in mind, with the end in mind. They know where they're pointed. They know what the vision is. They know what the hope is. They know what they think or they hope they know what God has called them to. And I think that's good. I want you to know that I think catching a vision from God is wildly important. And in fact, just a spoiler alert, it's step number five. I believe catching a vision powered by the Holy Spirit of where God wants to take us and how he wants to get us there is beautiful. But I find that when we do it too early or when we do it with only ourselves as the main character, we can find ourselves with some really, really unhealthy expectations and some unhealthy motivations. So what do I want you to quit exactly? What do I continually try to quit as I move forward in what God has called me to? I think we have to quit unhealthy motivations, selfish ambitions, the desire to be the best, and or the belief that we are the hero. Let me unpack it for you this way. Oftentimes, when someone comes to me with a goal in mind or a mission in mind, let's say, for example, they want to write a book. I love that idea. I love writing books. I love women writing books. I want all the women to write the books if they're called to. We need more words about God from women who love Him. So, let's say a woman comes to me and she wants to write a book. She might describe to me the end goal being waking up the morning her book launches and going to the bookstore and getting to see it on the bookshelf and knowing how good that will feel for her. I get it. I understand that motivation. I have been there before. But I've also woken up on a day my book has launched, and I know some things to be true. The day you wake up and your book launches, you're still you, you're still sinful. You still might have parts of your life that are very messy and not perfect. And in fact, you might wake up and have a stomach bug the way I did. The day I woke up, the first day my book published, it was not a banner day for me. And I did love going to the bookstore and seeing my book, and that was a gift and a blessing. But the thing is, it wasn't the ultimate goal, and it wasn't the ultimate win, because the goal was using what I had for the good of others and the glory of God. Now, I didn't get there immediately. It took time, and it took God changing my heart and shifting my heart. But now I know when I publish a book, the ultimate feeling of Joy and completion does not come when I get the award or when I get the accolade or when it finally comes out. The ultimate joy comes when I've been obedient to use what I've got for the good of others and the glory of God. And to be honest, I can feel that same release of joy and abundance when I write an email to a girl who's in my small group. The same way I can experience it, a day a book comes out. The unhealthy motivation of it being all about me and who notices me and who sees me and how good I am perceived to be by everyone else will not serve me. And ultimately, it will disappoint me if I rely on it too much. So quitting keeps us from expecting something that just might never come. Your thing could be or probably is very far from publishing or launching a book, but I'd be willing to bet that there's some motivation, there's some hope in your heart about the day your mission comes to fruition and how you'll seem and who will see you and how it will feel. And I just want to save all of us from so much heartache and belief that that's when it'll finally get good. Those of us who are married know this, right? About marriage that the wedding is not the best day of marriage. The wedding is not the win. The wedding is fun and it's worth celebrating for sure. But marriage happens at three o'clock in the morning when the baby is screaming. And marriage happens when you really hurt your husband and he forgives you. And marriage happens when you guys are broke as a joke and don't have a penny to your name and decide that you love each other anyhow and you're gonna believe God together for what's next. That's when marriage happens. That's when you experience some of the most abundant parts of being together. It's not necessarily... the shiny moments where hundreds of people are watching you and you look your tidiest and you look your best. So I think quitting, moving towards those moments as our goal really will help us and serve us for the long haul. I think this comes into play the Hebrews 12. We know we're supposed to throw off the things that entangle us, but what if sometimes the things that are entangling us is the vision or the perspective or the hope that we have that is not necessarily centered on God's glory? So the second thing I think we need to know about quitting is that quitting keeps our motivations on God's glory and the good of others quitting those unhealthy motivations, those selfish ambitions really helps us remember that it's about His glory and the good of others. One thing I say in You Are the Girl for the Job is that we cannot seek God's glory and our own at the same time. If any part of our hearts is divided, seeking to win rather than seeking to wonder at His goodness, let's quit right now. And so I think all of us can just pause and shake our heads and shake our hearts and ask, am I wanting to win or am I wanting to worship? Am I wanting to accomplish and conquer and be seen as awesome? Or am I wanting to lead other people into worship by obediently following him in what he's asked me to do? Those are two very different trajectories. And when we get to, we get to pause right where we're at, whether we're starting something new or whether we're just starting our day. We get to pause and say, what is my motivation here? Whose glory am I going after? Here's the third thing to know about quitting. Quitting keeps the pressure off and keeps our belief in the right places. Much of You Are the Girl for the Job follows the story of Moses and his call and his obedient following God into a life of mission that maybe he wouldn't have planned for himself. And my favorite moment from Exodus, which you guys may or may not have heard, is the moment where God tells Moses to take off his shoes because he's on holy ground and he's detailing what he's going to ask Moses to do. And Moses just keeps saying, Who am I to do this? How will I do this? How will I do this? And God keeps answering him with one solid truth I am. I am. Moses asks, How will I? And God says, I am. When we quit trying to be the hero or trying to have enough or muster up enough strength or power or gifting to do what God has asked us to do and just begin to believe that he will provide what we need, we get to take all the pressure off ourselves, and we get to put all our belief in him and his power and his capacity to show up and his ability to grow us. The question to how me or why me or what is going to make this work is God. He is. You'll hear this if you read the book. You are the girl for the job because if by grace through faith you believe in Jesus, he is in you and he is mighty in you. And I don't doubt for a second that he is going to show up. I absolutely believe that you and I are going to falter. I know without a shadow of a doubt that we're going to mess it up or show up short some way. But he is going to be enough. He is faithful and he keeps us going in what he's called us to. He is the author and perfecter, the beginning and the end. He brings the power. He brings the purpose. He brings the beauty in our weaknesses, even when we can't do it all right. Quitting now And putting some belief and some faith in his ability will help us to keep the pressure off of us and to remember who is actually working this whole thing out. Here's another thing. Quitting helps us actually cheer others on as they obediently do what God has called them to do. This is what I find that if so many of us don't intentionally quit trying to be the best, We will be in some kind of silent competition with everyone else. Some of you may think, not me. I'm not in competition with anyone else. I know I'm not the best. I know I can't do this. I know I'm not the most encouraging. I know I'm not any of those things. And that defeat may have kept you from ever entering the race because you know you can't be the best. The point is, none of us are the best. Jesus is the best, and if we don't intentionally take ourselves out of the running, if we don't intentionally quit trying to measure up in this world, we might miss the beautiful moments of abundance that are right in front of us. I'm going to read a few examples of things that I have found real women struggle with, things that I struggle with silently competing against my sisters for. See if any of these resonate in your heart. Some of us are competing to be the best woman. Some of us want to be the best servant, the most authentic, the most hospitable, the most encouraging, the most studious, the most creative, the best mom, the most energetic, the best listener, the most successful small business owner, the funniest, the best wife. The most empathetic, the fittest, the most capable, the cleanest, the cutest, the most self-sufficient, the best leader, the most quiet, the healthiest, the most fun and spontaneous, the most positive, the best friend, the most productive. I'm not saying that it's not good to bring your full self to the table. And in fact, later on, we're going to talk about really utilizing your strengths and not hiding them. I'm just saying, I think that if most of us pause, we will find some competition and some comparison in our hearts. And I think we'll do so well to just quit right now and to remind ourselves we work unto the Lord We work for his glory. We're not trying to be the best at anything. We just want to show up. We just want to experience the abundance of being women who let him use what we've been given. So what does this look like practically? What does it look like to quit? Again, in the book, I have so many logistical and practical ways that we can do this in our life. But I want to hand you a few today want to ask you a few questions to help you think through this. First, is there anything in your life that you're doing not out of obedience, but just for approval? Is there anything you're doing right now in your life that you know, even as I'm talking, you know God has not asked you to do that, but you're doing it for the approval that comes from others, for your own glory? Can you quit it? Maybe not today. Maybe someone's going to be counting on you. You can't just not show up. But can you look forward to a day where you can take that off your plate? I want to tell you right now, I'm just sensing this in my spirit that some of you think, no, I can't quit that because I can't give up other people approving of me. And I just want to remind you that you were not placed on earth to win the approval of men. And if by grace through faith, you walk with God, you already have the approval of the God who created the universe. Do you want to live a life where you are trapped inside the confinements of making other people happy? And conforming to the image of what they expect from you. I don't think you do. I don't think I do either. My second question, is there anything that you're not doing because you feel like you're too weak or you're not enough or you'll never measure up so there's no point in trying? Can you quit the desire to want to be the best and just obediently show up with what you've got? Don't you think, don't you believe that God will meet you there And that he will be what you need in those moments. Lastly, are there any ways that you're privately competing with other people? This is icky to talk about. It doesn't feel good. We don't want to think about it. The more I think about it, I don't really want to talk about it either, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I'll tell you a small one. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I don't feel like I can ask you such hard questions without answering them. So I'll give you a really small example for me. I noticed that whenever I had friends over, I always want to make sure that my towels are folded nicely. What? What? First of all, my towels are on the second floor. My friends usually make it up to the second floor. Why? Why do I wanna make sure my towels are folded nicely when people come over? Now, some of you might just feel better when your towels are folded nicely, and I feel that too, but mostly, I just want people to think that I've got it together and I'm the kind of gal who has my towels folded nicely. Why? When God has given me so many other gifts to be welcoming to them, to be a good listener, to be a good friend, to watch their kids, to feed them food. I mean, I'm not really great at making food, but I got got something in the fridge I can give to them. Why do I also feel this compulsory need for them to think I'm also very tidy and good at folding my towels? And how much of my life would I get back just not checking every time somebody comes over to make sure my towels look nice? A lot. I think a lot of it. This is just such a short little snippet on quitting, but I wanted to share it with you guys months before the book comes out because I think so many of us are missing out on abundance and freedom and joy because we're just working from some pretty unhealthy motivations. We've got to take off the sin that entangles us. We've got to throw off the burdens that God never asked us to carry so that we can run the race marked out in front of us, not marked out in front of our sisters, not marked out in front of someone across the country, but marked out in front of us for his glory and the good of others. I want to close this podcast, this first step on quitting with a passage from the book And I am praying it over you and over me as we move forward. I'll see you back in July with our next step. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. We've got work to do, friends. Our world is hurting. Our church is suffering. Our generations are helpless and harassed and in need of a Savior. God, our father and friend, has placed you in this exact slice of time, arranging every relationship, circumstance, strength, weakness, and gift in your life to uniquely equip you to shine his light and build his kingdom. But we have to settle something here and now before we start looking at the tools he's placed in our hands. We have to take ourselves out of the running We've got to give up on the pursuit of being the best or even doing it right because it's his power and his purpose that we're always meant to do the heavy lifting. We've got to leave behind this picture of our ideal selves that we hoped we'd eventually become. We've got to quit hiding who we are so we don't get hurt or hurt anyone else. And in the name of Jesus, we've got to quit telling God he's got the wrong girl because A, if we don't acknowledge that he knows better by this point in the game, we're being crazy and B, eventually he may listen to us and use someone else and then we'll be the ones missing out. Let's settle this in our hearts before we move forward. God is God. God is the hero. We are blessed to be a part of his rescue plan. God is God, but we are the gals he's ordained to bring light and life to the corner of the world where he has intentionally placed us for mission. If we believe he is on the throne, then we can trust what he says about us. We are the girls for the job. Let no one say otherwise, not even ourselves.